Hey, and welcome to this edition of the Rugby Report Card. Uh, with me this week is Blake. Hey, how are you, Richard? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. And uh, Jim? Yeah, good. How are you, Richard? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. This has been a, been a long time between drinks, uh, uh, boys, but it's good to have everyone back together again. How are you both? I'm drinking. Uh, what is your uh, choice of uh, beverage this evening? I thought it wouldn't be a podcast without a scotch, so I'm on the uh, ah, some cheap scotch. The Dimple, not bad though, not bad. Parenthood has led you down to the cheap scotch route, yes? That's right. How about you boys having a drink? No, nah, I've gone sober. Gone sober, Jim? I've gone yeah. sober. Why would people want to do that to you? Only, uh, only for five of the seven days. <laughs> yeah, You've caught me on enough, one of the five, so I've gone sober. Yeah, 100% it is. And that's it's the next day. It's the next day. If I have a belter, and I'll and I'll do that. It's just the next day. You'll have Maccas for breakfast, Krispy Kremes after that. What, maybe a nice Coke. What happened a few weeks ago when we did a podcast? You were like, "Ah, oh, Richard, you don't need to get drunk. You just need to have one. You can drink every day." Doesn't that sound familiar to you? Oh, government says you're allowed one glass of wine a day. If the government says it, you got to do it. Man. Oh, right, okay. So and it's like the COVID sanctions. You just got to play your part. You got to do your role. Feel part of the community, yes. Well, I'm I'm here to chat rugby. Shall we shall we jump in? <laughs> it was yeah. um three cracking games in the Six Nations. Shall we talk about those? Yeah, if you want to. Who were the Six Nation winners, mate? I was saying the piss, man. No one's talking about that. No, 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 please. I, I don't know the answer. Who who was the who was the champions? Yeah, you beat you beat Italy, mate. Sit on down. <laughs> That's still not answering the question, mate. Who were the champions? Yeah, right. Now we're trying to where do you actually want to start? Oh, clearly, we don't want to talk about the first game of the Tri Nations. How do you boys actually feel? Because there's progression from week one or regression, should we say? Is it a progression of New Zealand, regression of Australia, a bit of both? Team personnel, what is the number one reason that you think has led to this performance that was this weekend? Jim? Uh, probably a bit too, all too much, a bit all too soon. Um, I think they're still the Wallabies of old. I think if we're casting our mind back, so I don't know you boys did a podcast, you've got to think the, the, the Kiwi team didn't play any rugby for that four four weeks leading up into that first Bledisloe. Mm. Australia were coming off uh, quite a successful little domestic derby, um, iron sharpening iron on that front. So when we came up, we were, we were very much prepared for an 80-minute performance, and we put that in, even though we still drew. And then we've slowly deteriorated as New Zealand's gained a little bit of momentum, a bit of front football, looking like their old selves again. And really, that's what it sort of looked like, especially in the first half. They hit the, hit the front foot, got the bounce of the ball, the rub of the green, and then just held on to the lead to win it on this weekend. bit disappointing with a few injuries, not seeing our true potential. That definitely contributed as well. But I like them. I'm not going to blame it on that. We're yeah, just still not there. Jim's right. It's a little from column A, a little from column B. Um, I mean, New Zealand clearly, they generally always start their season poorly. Um, they're, they're, they're often their first game of the season is not, not a strong one. And I think it sort of followed suit. Um, and their forward pack wasn't really up for it in the first test. Uh, but, but I think really the, the, the clear and obvious is you lost your 10 and your 12. Um, it's massive. I, I can't think of, well, let's be frank. There's no team in the world that's beating New Zealand um, with their 10 and their 12 out and the two bikes replacing him being on debut, ever. 
Um, but I just think it was so clear that without with new 10 and 12, and that's not saying Lalissa Seo and Simone are up to it or not. Um, they're just not going to be up to it on debut with no training, no combinations. Uh, they, they look like a team that had never played together. Uh, and it, and it think, really, um, really showed. So disappointing. You, they had Australia watching too, didn't they? They did. And you know what? I, I think, um, and, and we'll get to that. Fuck it. Oh, let's call it spade a spade. It was disgusting on the weekend. It was absolutely shit ass. Clearly, yeah, we just need to go back to that point. I don't disagree with your, with your point about 10, 12 access being a huge part of it, but I just think game management was a bit of a, was an issue. And I think the forwards, and I'll be a big defender of the forwards at times. The being problem, one yourself. Yeah, you've got to look at it and say that you've got to look after your 10 and 12. Let's go through some phases. Let's actually, when you make contact, try and at least break the contact or not get knocked back. And unfortunately, that type five didn't do a good enough job. And it gives credence to your point before about the Kiwi guys stepping up a bit more. But play a bit more play a bit more for the percentages because if the forwards get you to give a bit more go forward, um, no pun intended, then the 10 and 12 can then maybe kick uh, more sensibly, show a bit more variety, but it was all a bit held a skelter and that platform wasn't set. So I hear you, but even if you had a if you had a good pack, I still think a, a, a good 10 and 12 who have not on debut could still come in and make a difference. You're not beating the All Blacks, mate, with the debut 10 and 12, but I'll, I'll agree with your point. That doesn't mean I'm disagreeing with you on the point of the forwards. I'm just thinking yeah. you could give a South Africa's pack in World Cup final form um, with that back line playing for the first time together, you're still not beating the yeah. All Blacks. Maybe you're right. You Maybe you're right in terms of the not beating, but you don't lose 43-5 or whatever. Exactly. And look, let, let's talk about the forwards. Um, you can think about the forwards. What are the different parts of the game? Line out, scrum, ruck, maul, and gain line. Um, our forward, the, the pack we picked, who can get over in the gain line in that pack? Wilson? That's it? No, I think... I think actually um, Salakai Lota has shown potential for it, but it wasn't a very good performance from him. Um, um, Ruck, we, we Artie Savia schooled us in the second game, um, and Sam Kane schooled us in the third game. It's, it's always been the the one issue with Michael Hooper. Um, maybe he's not your genuine jackler um, at seven, and and I think we we got we got beaten there. And, and the other blokes aren't doing the work. The seagull, yeah, they're just... lazy, they're slow. They're not getting there. So but I think you need to... Right but I've said this before, you know, with, with, with the modern game, it's going to wear the traditional Jacqueline now getting over the ball. Yes, every team probably has one, but it's more of a collective effort. Yeah, you know, that includes all your... No, that's, that includes your backs as well because sometimes the ball goes too wide too soon and the forwards can't get there. And the problem is none of your backs at the moment have got good enough technique to secure the ball and to allow your, your six or seven to get there quick enough either. So, that's so yeah, let's go to your right game now. line. They didn't do it. Ruck, they didn't do it. Line out, it, it's fucking comical. That thing has sucked since Nathan Sharp retired. Like, how is BPA the best hooker in Australia? He hasn't thrown it in straight in five years. Um, clearly, the second row, some terrible decisions in terms of letting players go overseas and not offering the right blokes money um, at the end of the World Cup. Clearly, um, you know, it's a bit harsh on Salakai Loto and Matt Phillip, who are playing well for where they're at in their careers. Um, and had we had a five-game series against Italy, they'd be coming on nicely. Um, or a five-game series against Fiji, but you're playing the All Blacks four weeks in a row, basically. They're not there yet. Um, so our line-out is a joke. Um, the one area that I think the Wallabies, the forward pack, do show up 
um, is scrum time. But, but I, I genuinely mean this. You don't seem to get the pay for it in international rugby. If you look at the Brumbies, so much of their season was built off. If there was a scrum, we're a pretty good shot of getting a penalty here or getting front football. Um, yeah, in the internationals, they, they seem very reluctant to blow them. Um, I think yeah, Australia you could, uh, is dominant at scrum time. Couldn't you argue that if you can look at the, the Brumbies uh, front row, they're only ever really matched up against the, the, the Reds front row? Um, and if you look at the penalties, probably the quality in the Rebels and the Force and the Tars isn't good enough. So maybe that's why Mate, I'd, I'd, so dominant. They've been carving for three or four years, the Brumbies front row. That, that's the, Jay, since Jake Whiteball. That's been their platform. I think they, they clearly hold their own. And I think the Wallabies were winning. They, they, got, they got school once or twice. I'll give you that. But they were winning the, the majority of scrums. You just don't seem to get the pay for it in international rugby. There seems to be the reluctance to go to the long arm, which is fine. Um, but it was the one area where our forwards showed up and we didn't get any pay for it. So, yeah, the forwards suck, mate. That's their job. They didn't do it. Um, and then defensively, New Zealand just made that line for days. So, yeah, if you want to talk forwards, not good enough. Absolutely not good enough um, in all those aspects of the game. And I have to say line speed. I know that's a collective effort, but just watching the, the Kiwis line speed, a lot of those forwards are the ones who are still, because they're recovering, they're, you know, they're not having to work as hard potentially, but their line speed, even their forwards was outstanding at times. And that's what gave them. So that when they were making contact, they were the ones initiating the contact um, at pace. And that's what caused the problem. It was always like the ball was passed five metres backwards to a wallaby going slowly onto it and they were getting nailed, which is... I don't want to be a dick, but... Go through the pack, mate. There's not that many personal changes you need to do. Um, the front row's working. The hooker isn't. Um, the back row, Wilson's a fucking superstar. That kid's a gun. Hooper's a, a gun, uh, despite my criticism about his breakdown work. Second row's not there, but there's literally no one else in the country to pick. And it looks like Salakai Loto's injured for the next one. Um, so it is what it is. I, am I being a dick here, Jim? But what's Ned Hannigan doing in that side? I don't think you're being a dick. No. I thought he played okay game two. Game two, you're like, oh, all right, throw him against you game three, see what happens. Um, because I guess when you ball down the line outs, we are getting clean ball. We are winning it when it's in the right spot. It's just not in the right spot. So I don't know how much you can put that down to the second row and the tall locks. Um, but was Hannigan's selection an overcompensation for a poor line out in the first test? Because it seems ever since we've lost... And I'll sing Samo and Valentini's praises here. And McWright, I'm very excited to see what he can bring when he gets more minutes. Um, we've overcompensated to, to ensure we win the lineup and we still fucking suck. That I don't know what else Hannigan offers. And I don't want to pile on on the bloke. You know, we, we built a podcast off that. I think it's probably time to give him a break. I don't, I don't understand what he brings other than a decent option at the lineup. Work rate, enthusiasm. Fuck, I'll bring that mate to jersey. It's ineffective, ineffective work rate, no doubt. And you need a little more than enthusiasm to win win a game of international rugby. But once again, what, Samu's the one next on in line? I, look, I don't know. And I don't, I mean, it's not his fault, mate. The whole pack didn't do well enough. But I think in the other positions, I don't have another answer. Mm. Unless we'll I kind of like, like what Rennie's doing. He's making a lot of changes in a very short amount of time. And it's the right thing to do at the start of your tenure. But I just think you, you're sort of setting yourself up for these types of performances by doing so. Yeah, I'd say I disagree. I think it was um, – he didn't have a choice with 10 and 12, so that fucks everything. Like, 
no. that is what it is. No. But doesn't he, he loves talking about it. He loves talking about, I'll make some changes. I'll make changes. I'll make changes. I didn't love the changes. I think the other changes were too much. Give the forwards. But, and all you hear in rugby, all you hear, it's not a, um, it's not the type of sport where you make an error, you're done. It's all about repetition. It's all about how many reps. It's all about working with the people consistently around you, learning their game to suit your game and forming some form of identity. And this is just, I don't know, it's way too early for any of that, but changes don't help. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's been a bit uh, overzealous with the changes. Richard, what do you think? Uh, I just want him to stick. If I'm honest with you, whatever decision he makes, if, if it's this team, um, I just want him to stick for a while for the entirety of the Tri-Nations. And I know his hand was forced with the, with the 10 and 12 with the injuries, but I agree. It's about repetition. It's about combinations. And yeah, if you take out Salah Carlotto because he's injured, um, take out Ned Hannigan just for the reasons you've mentioned, but keep the 10, keep everyone else the same. Just keep that combination, keep going. Because I, I also agree that those too many changes, I think, hinder your performance really. Yeah, I think that's what's happened between the three tests. I think that's why Australia has declined so much. They haven't all of a sudden got worse at footy. No. I think that first test team trained together for a month and they were ready for it. Um, these blokes trained together for three days and weren't ready for it. Because I think it's also that idea, like, if, if, the, if the player knows that they are not pulling to their peak potential, they know that there is someone over their shoulder pushing them, which reaches them to, to their potential. But I don't think they all are at their potential because potentially they're afraid that they're going to make a mistake and lose their place because of it. Mm. So it'd be interesting to know really what the psyche is. And, that's, and I agree that's with why. that. And that's what I'll try to the Six Nations is I watched um, and look to shit on it because it would be wrong if I didn't shit on all the MS rugby. The attack wasn't flowing. France are nice. Um, but, but they all look calm. Every player looks like they know what their job is and teams can hold the ball if they want to. Um, Australia don't look capable. There's a sense of panic in the team. It's like every play has to be the 1% a kick, the 1% are offload. Um, and I don't even, I can cop it a little bit with the outside backs trying to do, trying to do that stuff. They're 20 years old and, and that's how they made their name. But even the forwards just panic. There's just like sheer animal panic every time we do it. And is that because they're looking over their shoulder thinking they're about to be dropped? I'm not sure. Like no one seems- no, I think it's because they're chasing a game there because the first, the, the, the way they got behind was just not executing the high ball. And when you don't execute it and they get the rub of the green, they're instantly on the attack. And you when was the last time Australia point. executed the high ball, Jim? Our first game, we did all right. First game, we did wonderfully. Tom three Banks. weeks in a row. When was the last time we executed the high ball? Three weeks in a row. Oh, we've changed the question, man. When, when was Matt Burke playing? <laughs> Can I actually ask for clarification in terms of the high ball? Because there's two part. You're like, are you talking about it from a defensive point of view? Because that was an issue, diffusing the high ball. And secondly, the kicking option, both from nine, was non really was not up to scratch or non-existent, and kicking out of hand was was not good enough. So, Can I jump on that? I yeah. think it was it was clear as day that the game plan was let's kick it to Caleb Clark, let's test him under the high ball. Mm. Um, yeah, he carved game game two, but let's see if this kid's really up to the high ball. He's never been tested. And those 50 percenters. Uh, the first one, we got a fucking yellow card. <laughs> the game was over. And then every <laughs> other kick that tested him wasn't a test because it was a shit kick. Oh, yeah, um, so so clearly that failed. The decision to not box kick was 
baffling to say the least. I think if anything has been proven in the last sort of four to eight year cycle of rugby, it's that the box kick is, is generally preferable to kicking out of 10. Um, in particular, when Nick White is an experienced halfback with a box kick and Lola is on debut without a really strong long kicking game. I just, I couldn't make heads or tails of that decision. Um, and then the, the decision to kick is clearly it's raining, turn them around, put the pressure on them. Once it's not working, where's the common sense? That, that, that's what was killing me. It was clearly a game plan before the game. Um, and that's okay. But once Dalgoon is a fucking muppet and has given away a yellow card in two minutes, well, you know, maybe let's try something else, not kick it to them. I think that's one of the things you always talk about set piece and we always talk about the obvious ones of set piece, but that exit strategy should be, um, should be something that focuses on that. You know that you're going to box kick out and you know who the chases are. It's, that's such a basic thing that you should get right. And, and that's what I mean as a panic. If you look at this, uh, right, I'm agreeing with you. I'm whole agreeing with you. Yeah. yeah Cause if you look they're, at England, they're pinned they're inside the two, speed phase one, feed phase two, get the angle, half back, make it a 50% yeah. push on. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I'm with agreeing. Australia, it's like, oh my God, we're in a fucking 22. Jesus, who's going to kick it? Um, yeah. It's chaos. Yeah, Lola CEO, not the kicker. Not the kicker for territory, is that he? Poor, that yeah. poor bloke, though. Could, could you have had a worse day, Burr? No. Yeah, he couldn't have scored the try. You know, that's yeah. not a buzz. He ran a nice line. He ran a nice line. Can I ask you both a question? Still, calm down, mate. It's 30 to 5. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched enough Brumbies games to say this, but why was he defending at 15? Because he hasn't defended at 15 for the Brumbies this year, oh, has he? Mate, 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 mate. Nothing has you... Who was it? Was it you and Mackenzie? Who was Nick the Wallaby Wayne. coach that decided that no one will defend in their position? Hey, you've done it your whole career in juniors. You did it your whole year in Super Rugby, but now you've got a gold jersey on. Go defend in obscure positions so the backline's never ever set and no one catches a high ball. I, what the fuck's doing? You reckon it's counter? It's got to be counter. It, it is clearly. Like, clearly. Sitting in a boardroom, it's like, well, if Lola Sarah gets it at fullback, we can feed the options, and he's def- protected at 10 from doing a lot of tackling. It makes sense. You know, it doesn't work in a game. It literally ruined Quade Cooper's career because he never fucking learned to tackle. And he just started a trend, man, getting paid 800K to play for Sunny Corp. Is that a team in Queensland? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you, mate, you're right, Richard. <laughs> it's... it's it was a baffling decision to have him not defend. And it's like, if you're picking him, which I would have, and I think he has a future in the Wallaby jersey, well, then that's part of the job at 5'8". I didn't do much tackling at 5'8", but it's still part of the job. Yeah, but it's not also that, but it's got your mate outside you as well. So you, you have that trust and you have that communication because you, you continually play with each other. And yeah, we talk about that in attack, but that definitely works in, in defence as well. So it, and that, that that's like a coaching way. blunder for me, that one. And I know fucking praise Dave Rennie from the altar of Dave Rennie and not allowed to criticise him yet. That'll turn soon. Um, but hmm. that, that one's got to be a coaching blunder, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me because I felt bad for him because the, the tackles he missed, it's part of it is, you, as you say, you get used to defending in a certain position. And, it, and I know he's an international rugby player, but it's when you're thro- it's like he was being thrown to the wolves to, okay, learn a whole new defensive structure in a week as well, which surprised me. 
And is there a hoodoo at ANZ Stadium? I can't remember the last. Yeah, no, we're, we're absolutely we're absolutely horrific there. But to that point, I'm I'm t- a terrible fullback, an absolutely terrible fullback. I've literally never tackled someone from fullback. It's a completely different skill. It's really hard. It's definitely not quick enough. Both of you can attest to that. Yeah, like it's it's a different skill to defend at fullback and. and Policy just got carved up every time anyone broke the line. All right, let's run a train on the backs then. Nick White was just awful. Fucking horrendous. <laughs> he was just awful. Um, why would you take the box kick away from him? It's clearly one of his strengths. He was clearly trying to overplay his hand. Um, it's not like he's played in Europe and learned his craft. To do- oh, wait, he has, yeah. Yeah, That's was- why we sent him over there, man. He's <laughs> yeah. come- we sent Nick White over there. Sturzecker came back. <laughs> Um, no, he's, back, he's, um, he's not. He's not a huge fan of that. Is he, Nick White? No. No, he was horrific in that regard. He's like he, the Andrew Merton school oh, of tackle. He's another enthusiastic tackler without actually doing anything. I used to do that shit all the time. <laughs> Just all passion. No. All, all passion, no shoulder. I'd be there. I wouldn't actually do anything. You'd end up. I'd be first man there. Never did anything. No. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how I went through so long, uninjured. Yeah. <laughs> My knees are intact. Well, that, Nick White, I can't think of him ever being injured. No. It's a master strike. So, yeah, nine sucked. Ten Wallabies. He's like Ira Simone, poor dude, man. All I've heard about is how much he wanted to play for the Wallabies. And you sucked. That, no. And that's it. Now, you know what's <laughs> with him? I think he's the beneficiary from Wallabies sucking more. No one's really mentioned Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... It's like if your dreams go to fucking, if your dream is to go to Paris, right? That you save up, you get a shit job, you save all this cash, you finally get to Paris and you stay in your hotel room. That's what his performance and was like. He got like. mugged. He got mugged in his own hotel room. <laughs> Do something, mate. You made it to the city. Nah, yeah, he's right. Lolisio not getting clean front football impacted him heaps. What a shame. I feel sorry for the guy. Yeah. Um, and I think I Simone is a, a similar style player who looks good when the Brumbies are going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, let's be honest. Well, which which ten and twelve doesn't look like that? So I mentioned right at the beginning. Which ten and twelve doesn't look better when the forwards have got control and second platform for them? So I feel bad for him. Stick him. Stick with him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great, unless yeah, yeah. O'Connor are fit, but yeah, yeah well, it's either that or Reese Hodge, mate, starting at ten. Oh, that that pass in the last minute, seriously, it was both <laughs> forward height it was terrible. Man. I was long gone by then. Um, <laughs> Patea clearly at 13 is clearly our best player. He's a fucking freak. It's child's yep, play, eh? Yep. Like, it's just, it's child's play to him. He's on another level. But those offloads, like, he hasn't, the gravity of international rugby hasn't sunk in that it's the all blacks. You throw a shit offload, we're down seven points. He needs to, he needs to get familiar with his wingers. His wingers and him need time at the crease. Because there's a lot of gap there that he can create just through his difficulty to tackle, and will yeah, always leave a winger free. He needs Tom Banks doing Robbie O lines off him. Literally, if anyone gets that Newcastle Knights reference from the early 2000s, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have no idea. Don's just yeah, the Robbie O lines off him, and then Robbie oh, the Chris o Latham lines. Yeah, Chris Latham. He just needs someone literally following him as if he's SBW. Um, ready for that offload because he 
always beats his first man and then he gets an arm free with the second man. He's just never landed that pass because there's no one ever there for it. Um, if you had a fullback, but that takes 20, 30 tests together. Um, huh, yeah, and, it's, and, it's a fucking, and a degree, and a college degree. It's some Bruce Lee shit, mate, how he gets that out. Yeah, but, mate, Andrew Johns and Robbie O, they would have had telepathic communication that that offload was coming. I don't know about the Maddie and Andrew John lines, but the Robbie O lines were quite good. No, no, they were the ones giving the offload, mate. <laughs> All right. I'm right with you. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Drugs, Richard. Okay, sure. Drugs. <laughs> John's brothers. The joke works. Um, <clears throat> sure. sure. Uh, do you know what? Just about that, um, uh, about Pattaya, he is absolutely he's your best player. In fact, he's awesome. Definitely the person to build around the future. Um, but he does... needs 12 and 11 and a 14 and a 15. And yeah. My other question was, is there going to be now unrealistic pressure put on him? And is he going to try and do too much now to fill? Um, I don't think he can already do. He already does way too much. He fucks it up like doing too much. He just needs to calm down. Fair enough. Cool. Um, but, but with that said, I think, um, I hope we don't go the Israel Folau route, which is every place. Every play centers around getting it to Patea. I don't mean this rude way because Israel Fowler was an outstanding rugby player, but he's got too much football about him. Like Israel yeah. Fowler was, it was great, but he didn't have football. If that makes sense. Whereas yeah, Tarzan. but if you look at the Tars and the Wallabies, their whole game plan was centered around getting Fowler yeah. on that outside center channel. Yeah, and then um, every play was yeah. second man, second man. Oh, Fowler, um, which hey, it worked half the time. But I hope we don't go that route. I think Patea can run a short ball. He's not just a left foot step. Like he needs. He needs time. Um, the wingers, oh, Jesus, Dalguna was bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was real bad. He was, the he was real bad. He was the worst of the lot. Yeah. But he was shattered, shattered from the yellow. Found it very hard to get back into it after that. Funny, though. He, wrote that, he was in that article during the week saying he can't wait to whack Caleb Clark. I loved it. I'm so pumped. Why would you say that? Yeah, why would you, would say, you that, say that? Say it to your mates behind doors, but don't say it in the media. I, I loved it. it. And then his first whack was the yellow card. So, mate, 14-0 when you come back on. It's just hype. It's bums on seats. It's people getting the subscriptions. Mate, I like it. I don't mind that chitter-chatter. And I, you know what? I, and, and that's where clearly he's, he's completely at fault for that yellow card. But that's, I think, I think in his defence, the bloke was just hopped up on all week. We've been told the plan to kick to Caleb Clark and smack him early. And he's just fucking Exactly. Gone. So you just said you, you love that shit, but that shit that's, drove, that's driven his um, arousal levels up has led him doing something idiotic. Yeah, but I just think that's young. I don't think it was that stupid, man. It really wasn't that obvious. I think he just got... Just, was that's what I mean. He's lucky. just a little bit off because, as Richard said, he was, his adrenaline was coursing yeah. his veins. Absolutely. And that's what makes that 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 one percent difference. Mm, Where you definitely. wait one second and you smack him, you drive him out, and the wallabies fucking fire up. Yeah, mm. that's what we're gonna do. Um, but when did you guys completely lose hope? First try, the second car, try, the the try. Are You saying after three minutes you lost hope for the well, entire game? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Oh, that's sad. Man. I said no, and I stand by it. The week before, where the Wallabies are in terms of their progression, and where the All Blacks are, people are way too harsh on them. 
Yeah, but mate, come on. You you said you lost hope after three minutes. Four minutes later, they also had a man down. And you're only seven nil down at that point. You know, and you've given up already. Yeah, I had. I just think you're not beating the All Blacks if it if at any stage in the game you've got fourteen men where the Wallabies are at. Yeah, but then they would have had fourteen men for a period of time, and you had fifteen for about. You know what happens then? You get back in seven all, and then the game's on. Odin Barry yellow card, by the way. No, it's also for Geordie, and it definitely was. It was a yellow card, but anyway. I tuned out by then. Seven minutes or whatever it was. I can't stay on it, man. I get so angry. I have to pretend like it's not happening. I avoid the paper the next day. Just don't want anything to do with it. 16 years made of sucking. Every year I buy into the hype, man. (laughs) Every year I call everyone, tell them this is the year. Every year it's not the year. What what is unfair about this year is there is a shit ton of red hot talent that legitimately beat the All Blacks when they were in the under twenties. Did incredibly well in Australian schoolboys. The kids coming through are the real deal. They just were not ready for a Super Rugby season where they don't play any international sides. And then hey, presto, you're playing the All Blacks four weeks in a row. That. It was just feeding them to lions. That's the nature of where we are geographically. But how how that script could have gone differently is, and this this doesn't happen in the current economic climate, but less blokes leave at the end of the World Cup. You have a normal super rugby season and then you have an international season where a half-baked European side comes down or a Pacific Islander side comes down. You've still got your Rory Arnold's um, you Coleman's, you know, they didn't all leave overseas. Just uh, as an aside, um, when was the last time you beat a, a half-baked Northern Hemisphere team in the uh, in the summer? You're down here, I don't, I don't know. We beat Ireland once, didn't we? Yeah, they also beat you two games. Like the point I'm just saying is, yeah, it's terrible that you that you lost to the All Blacks. But part of the Australian psyche might say, well, okay, you've got hammered by the All Blacks, but at least it's the All Blacks. It's not like you've lost a test series to uh, to Ireland or you lost a game to Fiji or you've lost a game to Scotland. Maybe there's a different, there's an expectation that you'd lose. So actually maybe it's not as bad. Well, that's, that's precisely what I'm saying, which is th- this team where we are in terms of our development, we needed time uh, and we didn't get it. We had to fight, fight the line four games in a row. Um, we're not there. I don't think anyone is right now in the world. Um, but Australia certainly isn't when you look at what the backline had 10 caps between them. You take it Nick White or something, something ridiculous. Oh, yeah. No Northern Hemisphere has played rugby since January or whatever it is. So they're definitely rusty. So they're not beating the All Blacks at the moment. Definitely not. Yeah. So, but, but that doesn't make it any easier as a Wallaby fan. You're still no, watching us lose by a record defeat. Mm. Um, you, you know that in your heart of hearts that this is a young side and we've been forced to play the All Blacks four times and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't help fucking watching shit offload after shit offload, watching shit kick after shit kick, watching fucking not in straight, followed by no one getting to the breakdown, followed by 25 missed tackles. Like, it doesn't make that any easier. No. Um, and I think to the point we made earlier, it, it, it was genuinely... It only happens about twice a season. There was no other sport on in this country. Every mate I have that's into league and AFL was texting me about the game. Um, I was texting them, check out this potato. This kid's the real deal. 
none of them made it to the end of the game. Because not only was it a drubbing, it was a pretty fucking mediocre game of footy. Well, it sounded like Jim only made it to seven minutes himself. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I switched off. Um, so it's just a shame for rugby as, as a bit of a showpiece as well. Um, so I, it is it is doom and gloom, and I think fans are going to write to be shitty. Um, however, uh, there's reasons for it that are clear and obvious. It doesn't make it any easier, though. It was still piss poor. Maybe um, in the next game when you beat Argentina that everything looks a little bit rosy, as you said, because you're playing the best team in the world right now. And yes, there's expected to lose, but it's the way you lose as well. But maybe you come out next week and you beat the Arge- Argentina and everything looks better in life. Well, we're still going to play the All Blacks once more. Yeah, I know. I was trying to think positively for you. But yeah, no, but, but I guess that's exactly what I mean. Had we had a three-game series against a COVID Argentina, um, mm-hmm. these kids look good and they build some confidence. Um, you know, it, it's almost like you'd love to, right now where the Wallabies are, you'd almost fucking love to just not meet the All Blacks for a year, build some confidence rather than have it dented straight away. But but fuck it, it is what it is. That's who we play. We love it. We love it as Aussie fans. The, the boys are going to do better. We expect more. Just to uh, just to jump across because I don't have much battery life left. Yeah, and talk about the All Blacks. Who stood out for for you? Obviously, we talked a lot about the the. Um... The Wallabies? Who were the standouts Richie for you? In it? Where'd that come from? Hmm. Yeah, Did you like confidence? That? He's a confidence player. Hmm. But I love the interaction between uh, Barrett as well. Stood in at 10, that little chip when he was at, stood at first receiver over the, the chip over the top. That variety of, of kicking was so impressive. The kicks for long, the short, the crossfield kicks. You know, it's just, just awesome to watch. Just the he's inside your 22 is outstanding. Absolutely. Rico looked fit too, coming off the bench. He looks like he's not happy that he's lost his jersey. No, and Scott Barrett also coming on. Leonard Brown, well. you'll get it back, mate. <laughs> I just reckon Rico's a winger, not a centre. Yeah, yeah, I agree. In the role yeah. of the outside centre today. Um, do you know who's impressed me in this international series? Sam Kane. I was really hard on him in the Super Rugby season. Um, I think he's been outstanding in these, these internationals. He's, he's risen into the black jersey. Um, and grown into his role. Yeah, and Whitelock back was huge. They bullied our forwards. Yep. Hell yeah. Um, I think him back was absolutely huge. Um, and he, he made, um, and I know he's not the long-term op- option, is um, Tupelotto, but he made Tupelotto play better as well because of that, his presence. Yeah. On the and who's the, who was the eight on debut? Satutu? Yeah, Satutu, yeah. Um, yeah, he played well. I mean, it's when your team's playing that well, it's hard not to. <laughs> but clearly, when the Super Rugby season he had, Jesus, they got a lot of talent. Um, yeah, the that I on some a little bit. Oh, I haven't seen him do much this year. Good Hugh. Hmm. Anyone else not sold on him at the moment? Yeah, he's not. I've I thought the exact same thing. I, I mean, he's there, but he's another dude who's just stayed going to the favourite city in the world, stayed in the hotel room. Yeah, and it just feels like um, Patea was running rings around him. Patea's running rings around anyone who's trying to tackle him. Yeah, he, he made. Do you think he was running rings around him, or Patea ran more rings around Leonard Brown? No, you know what? Most of the time he made a line break, he was he was marched up against Goodhue. Well, fair enough. I don't know how. Like it just happened that they ended up digging up against each other. Um, Goodhue had a tough day at the office with him. I guess Maybe, they don't really know how to play Patea too because he's always been injured. They just really haven't anyone on that All Blacks team played against him that much. Yeah. 
Mate, the All Blacks are legit, but this wasn't their Mickey Mouse side. This is no Retallic. This is no Artie Savia. Um, This isn't them at full throttle. It's not far off, though. Yeah. No, but a few a few changes here or there. Um, but no. You know what I boil it? You know when I switched off? I switched off when we finally got a penalty when they're on the charge. We're like, fuck, here we go. Let's turn it around. Did bend. a decent clearing kick. And then they threw it to Nick White on the burst from the line out and got and fucking like, eaten. Dan Carlson <laughs> ate him for lunch. <laughs> and they're like, sweet, cheers. We'll have the line out. So that was about 15 minutes then, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And that's when I went, what the fuck is going on? That's the line That's, why, that's why we picked Ned Haddington? <laughs> that's why. Yeah, that's it. Fuck the harsh man again, poor bloke. Must train. This is Shane Watson of Australian rugby. Looks the part, mate. Right height, right size. Does everything at training. Must be a really good bloke. Just, just never got nah, any runs. No, nah, that's hard. That's harsh on Shane Watson because eventually in his career he made runs. We all know. Shane he back in. He come back on. In. Watson came on, but he was never the flint off we wanted him to be. No. Yeah. Nobody Didn't was, he though. call a captain's coup and flew himself home, Shane? That green bloke from Western Australia, you guys been following him in the Sheffield Shield? No. He's Six still not seven, picked up. Bowls 140 and just gets 200 every week. It's a Sheffield Shield. By the way, I know we shouldn't be promoting some other things, but if you ever get a chance, there's a there's a documentary about Adam, um, Andrew Flintoff. It's a good watch. It talks about his mental health issues. Yeah, I heard that. Apparently he was a bit impaired about being overweight. Yeah, he was he was um, bulimic for a while. It's a good good watch. Really, chance, yeah. love Freddie. He's such a likable bloke, isn't he, Freddie? Yeah, absolutely. Larry, he's yeah. good when they get Larry him for him. the big bash. Hmm. Yeah, he does a podcast, doesn't he? They all he, do, don't they? He used to. There was three of them. I used to really enjoy listening to it. Not as much as listening to ours, but um, yeah, he hasn't done it for ages. Oh, mate, I preach, Freddie. Hmm. It's hard. It's hard. Um, I did actually catch a bit of the, the Six Nations. I watched the uh, France-Island game. Um, I'll tell you what, France are an exciting prospect. That nine, Duton or Dupu, or I don't know what he's, I don't have it in front of me. I'm just trying to guess here. He's fucking outstanding. Duton, Dupu. I don't know. But they were saying the, the commentary <laughs> we're running is the best nine in the world. And I was thinking, Love it. Aaron Faf's got something to say about that, or Aaron Smith. Um but he was... That's, that's old news, man. This is lovely. Um, he's outstanding, that French nine. The French ten? Oh, gun. Gun. Michelet. No. <laughs> another young kid. He's that's a blast from the past. Yeah. i tell you who doesn't have a nice hair. Tate McDermott. It's Barely a... hanging on those locks, aren't they? Barely oh, hanging on. See, you did stay to the end, Jim. It's all a ruse. You just lie. <laughs> well, I came back. I came back for a bit. I had to <laughs> know. Had to look at Tate's do. Um, anyway, <laughs> France look. France are a very exciting prospect. They're a very young side with oodles of talent. But France always play well in France, so you never know. Yeah, Ireland, we were saying this last year. Yeah, but Ireland the exciting thing that. is, though, can I just say, exciting thing? I know they're enigmatic and they're up and down, but the next World Cup is in France, so you know. And they're under twenties of one what the last two World Cups? Maybe. I, I think, think so. They won the last one. I know that because they beat they beat England in the semi final and then Australia in the final, didn't they? So. Um, yeah, no. France France look legit. Ireland look old, man. They look like yeah. they have not transitioned. 
Yeah, but the problem is that they've got too many. And I, I was reading something the other day, and they, the issue they've got too many centrally contracted players, and the centrally contracted players are the players that are coming to the end of their tenure as international rugby players, and so they pretty much have to pick them. So there's a because obviously they're giving them massive money at the moment. So the likes of Sexton, Healy, Murray, etc. Um, they need I to. I mean, those three are contract finishes that they progress on. But their whole style of play looks old. Mm. Uh, but look at that. They've got a rough year ahead of him, I think. Yeah, but look at the coach. He's not really going to progress. He was part of the old system. So I don't think he's going to change much. Heads will roll. Heads will roll. Um, We haven't spoken about it, but um, Poey, done. Yeah, Poey, done. End of an era. You want to say a few nice words about him, Richie? Yeah, probably the best seven that I've actually ever watched. I think he's a natural jackler. I think not only on a rugby pitch, but his humanitarian work off the pitch. He's a great man. So... For a Zimbabwean, he's a, he's a you know great man. Oh, none of that. That was bordering. That was, he was quite feisty from you, actually. You never go that way. No, he's a, he's he's a um, as a rugby player, as and as a as I say, as a person. Like what a career he's had, and hopefully, I we all know he's going to do some amazing things in the future. So, did anyone uh, see that stat? It was most pilfers in international rugby ever, and he's like fifty clear of anyone. Really? Yeah. He's played a lot of rugby. Even with two years out. Yeah, I, you know what? That uh, I guess that's the only thing I feel at the end of his career. I, I agree with Richie's the best seven I've ever seen, and, and that's Richie McCaw, George Smith, put them all in there. Just the Phil War? Um, Phil War, if you will. Serge Betson? No, he was the six. Um, put them all in there. I, I do think Pocock's the best out-and-out seven I've ever seen. I think um, the, the, two, the two almost regrets I have is those... A couple of years out, the 55 ACLs. And then I think in the last few years of his career, the game had gone away from Jackling. Mm. Um, and when he was at the peak of his powers, the, the way the game was ref or played in that period of time didn't. And he still carved. That's how good he was. Um, but the I think when was... he was first emerging, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, the game really favoured the Jackler. Mm. And he was just on another planet. And you know, well, I don't know, but when you get in as low a position that he did, unfortunately, it moved him. A lot of the targeting was around those knee areas and the twisting, and that's what, what ended up bringing him his, his injury. Um, but as a pure, unadulterated jackler contester of the ball, yeah, he is the best by far. And I hope he, uh, hope his body holds up for the rest of his life, really. Yeah. His, um, his wife is quite a tall lady. I'm excited about the future that comes from that family. <laughs> Mate, they won't be into rugby. You know I reckon? Political activism for sure. Come on, man. That's the face underneath that he wants to hustle. Um, the other yarn, and, and um, obviously we tweeted about this, and I think everyone had, but I remember I stopped you in the playground, Richard, to bring up the Dan Palmer yarn. Mm. Um, how what, what a hero writing that story. And... I don't know. I, I think, um, Jim, you saw it. It was, it was on our group chat, a bunch of blokes who used to play at Southern Districts where, where Dan Palmer game came from, um, certainly from a similar age bracket. It was really, 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 really sad and really, really disappointing to think, uh, I don't know, we were a part of a culture that, that made people feel like that. You know, I think it's ignorant to think a culture like that doesn't exist down at those club levels, especially in the early noughties. You know? Yeah, uh, it's just so sad, though. I think, like, I, I think we, I'd like to think we were ignorant that a culture like that existed. Um, 
Do you know what the team song? You know what the team song is when you win yeah, at Southern Districts, yeah, man. It's not good, mate. It's not good. Um, it's horrible. So to to hear that was just really really heartbreaking. But I think it um it points to a change in the in the narrative that that he was brave enough to speak out, and um you hope it will change. And if you know you, you really do, and, and your messages like that, and it's really bloody empowering. And it's something you can talk about in your classroom and, and talk about when you're coaching. Um, and, and how nice compared to two years bitching on this about the horrible stuff is Ruffalo said, so how nice to, to get a point to a, to a good story. Mm. And I hope that story as much as, you know, it does. And to use your word, it empowers many young people around the world to be able to um, be who they want to be and be embraced because of, of whoever they are, whatever um, religion, culture, creed, sexuality, orientation, that rugby is the most inclusive game. That's the ultimate goal. Now, this is a podcast I'd show up once a week to do for, boys. Hmm. Well, thanks, Jim. That's nice. But it's quite nice. I, I hope with something like the Dan Palmer thing, though, there are a few young blokes who are in positions of authority in their clubs. And what I mean by that is they've got the respect of other players um, who just take a stand to have those conversations at training or at the end of the game, or say that song's inappropriate, or I don't know, let, let, we can still do the bus trip, but we don't need X, Y, Z, carry on. Yeah. And we know that sport transcends everyday life. So let's be honest, when we, if it changes in that medium, then hopefully it, that then obviously changes in, in everyday society as well. Speaking of um, club rugby, there was a, a few big wins in, in Sydney, Gordon winning the title. By the way, if I leave you, I have one percent left. So I'm just going to say congratulations to Gordon. And if I leave you, I Gordon, you? all right. I have no, I have no fight. Sorry, I have no um, tribalism towards. But everybody. how good's club rugby? It's awesome, mate. I love watching all those people ignore the COVID rules and just have a great time. Hmm, absolutely. Um. All right. Well, I was also going to say about Six Nations, Young's hundredth test. Would he score two or three? Got to be happy about that as a pom. Sorry, you cut out there. What was that? Sorry. Was it Ben Young scored two or three tries in his hundredth? Yeah, he did. You know, he's been a fantastic um, player for England over the years. You know, <coughs> dealt with personal tragedy with his brother and everything, his wife and, um, and whatever. So he's he's been amazing for England. Probably. He'll come out the other end. <coughs> Absolutely. So you know, fantastic. Well, this is all getting a bit play. nice. Can can I say DHP was fucking shit on the weekend? DHP hasn't played in a long time, man. You know, you go easy on that, dude. And I just think he's better than Banks too, so I need his confidence up. So if you listen to DHP, hang in there, man. Uh, I just wasn't sold. I wasn't sold. Hey, you've listened to the podcast before. I was calling for picking him. Same yeah, thing. you were. He was like, he's the incumbent. He's there. Dave Brownie said it. Yeah, I heard you say that. Don't worry. Yeah, he just yeah. fucking shit, wasn't he? We need an evolution in the fullback position. Like, gosh, we need something, don't we? You need mm. to be. You need to have someone running those lines you were talking about. Those oh, whatever lines. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be excited about a kick return. I used to get really jazzed about it. Now it's just like, don't fuck it up. <laughs> oh, they fucked it up. <laughs> um, Wright played. Uh, played. Looked like he played real well against Argentina. He's got to be a, close to a jersey, doesn't he? Probably the form winger in Australian rugby during the Super Rugby season. Who? No. No. Oh, Tom Wright. No. Yeah. 
because they'll go back to they go back to Tom Banks before they go that far. So, no, but I'm thinking the wing. Surely you can't pick Dalgunu after that. Yeah, you can because you were raving about him the week before being one of the best wingers. So it's not Rennie's just... style, though. Rennie's style is you're only as good as your last. Mm, it's not maybe. his style. Um, Corabetti, he was a fucking machine. That was a highlight of the game, that try-saving tackle. Jesus, he hits people hard and does everything at a million percent. Yeah. Um, I love watching Corabetti play. I love everything about him. He just, he's not a footballer, though, is he? And we, you just can't carry two wingers <laughs> and none of them kick. Or just have great handling. Like between them, they're going to be good for three or four drop balls a game, aren't they? Yeah, handling is an issue. I know it was wet, but... Come on, man. Right, your life. I'm going to leave you because my computer has apparently got 0%, so I don't really know how it's still working. Play with so. fire, Richard. It's like when you've got no yeah. and you push on for the next just, just stay with it. What's going to happen? Right it to the end. I don't want you to lose the, the audio. We've Actually, done this that's before. A that's a good point. Yeah. All right. Well, good to chat. Yeah, nice, right. nice to chat, everyone. All right. Yeah. Hey,